0: This is a Timmet Podcast. This podcast is part of the series On the Marge. The title of this episode is Prison Without Bars. Prison Without Bars. It's almost like a fairy tale, except for the ending. That's how Alex, our six-year-old, described it when she embroidered on the story that night before she went to bed. A handsome knight meets a beautiful princess. They fall in love. But then something happens and they are separated, maybe because of an evil mother. She glanced at Mara warily before continuing. They spend a long time searching and it was only after 30 years that they managed to find each other. They discovered that they were still in love. And then and then but but we don't know the end of the story. We'll have to wait. I bet they get married and live happily ever after. That's not quite how Leo told the story the first morning over breakfast at our walnut crescent B and B. He was from Winnipeg. He had worked for the government there for many years, and was now a consultant. Jenny had been in engineering school with Leo where, in fourth year, they had been lab partners and occasionally bed partners. After grad, Jenny had moved to Yukon to work for a mining company and later the Yukon government. She had lost touch with Leo and had not seen him for 30 years. She had never married. Just recently, Leo had managed to track down Jenny on Facebook. For the past three months, They had been exploring an increasingly close relationship by Skype and by email. Now, Leo was in Whitehorse to see if the flame still burned as brightly in person as it did on the Internet. The first test would be at dinner that evening. Jenny is really sensitive about this all, said Leo. She doesn't want anybody to know that we're meeting. Maybe she's afraid that people will make fun of her in case it doesn't work out. But I know it's going to be just fine between us. I just know. Jenny arrived earlier than expected to take Leo out to supper. Alex was fiddling with her bike out front when Jenny drove up. Alex recognized Jenny as her soccer coach from last year. Hi, Jenny, she called. I was just getting home and met Jenny in the driveway. I recognized her as an assistant deputy minister in another department. We had worked on a project together a few months earlier. Hi, Jenny, I said. Mara met Jenny in the hallway and recognized her as a student in the Thursday yoga class. Hi, Jenny! Well, observed Jenny Riley as she left with Leo, there goes my idea of complete anonymity and nobody finding out about all this. At breakfast the next morning, Leo reported that things had gone very well. He and Jenny were going to climb Grey Mountain that day. Is Grey Mountain a difficult climb, he asked. I mean, we don't have mountains in Manitoba. Well, there's there's Stony Mountain. But it's not really a mountain. Is Grey Mountain the sort of mountain where you have to use ropes and spikes and carabiners? I explained that Leo was probably going on more of a hike than a climb, and that there was even a road that went most of the way to the top. Even I've been to the top of Grey Mountain, said Alex, in an attempt to reassure him. Up to then, Leo had largely ignored Alex. However, as she spoke, he swiveled to stare at her. He then started to put jam on her toast. ''That's okay,'' said Alex. ''I can do my own toast, thanks.'' ''I had a little girl just like you,'' said Leo, pouring milk on Alex's cereal. ''But she died about the same time as her mother. That was a long time ago.'' That revelation was followed by an uncomfortable silence, because we really didn't know what to say. I glanced at Alex, who was rolling her eyes. At breakfast the third morning, as Leo ignored Alex's protests and poured her juice... He reported that Grey Mountain had been a great success and that they had gone back to Jenny's for supper afterwards. "'Things went very well,' he said, grinning. "'Very well, indeed!' Leo informed us that he and Jenny were going to Keno and Dawson for three or four days and then would do the Haines skagway loop. On the way to the school bus later, our precocious, insightful Alex whispered to me, "'I'll bet they had sex at Jenny's house!' How did she know these things? She was only six. Much to our surprise, Leo reappeared at noon the next day, picked up his big suitcase, and left for the airport in a taxi. Didn't work out, was all he said to Mara. Too bad, I said to myself, and didn't give the situation any more thought until supper time. During the meal, Alex fidgeted and wasn't very hungry. What's wrong, Princess? asked Mara. Well, replied Alex slowly, remember how you said to come and tell you... If I ever found something on the internet that made me scared, Uh, I found something I think you should see. We followed her into her room. There on her computer screen was a news article from the Winnipeg Free Press, dated about four months ago. A group of citizens in Winnipeg was protesting the release of a convicted killer into their community. The killer's name was Leo. The picture matched. It was the same Leo who had just left our bed and breakfast. Leo had been convicted of the first-degree murder of his wife and daughter. He had spent 25 years in prison and had only recently been released. There had been some evidence at the time of the trial that he had been sexually assaulting his daughter and that had led to a major conflict with his wife and ultimately to the murders. However, no charges had been laid based on that aspect of the case. Oh my God! God!' Mara whispered. "'How did you come across this article anyway?' I asked. "'Uh, it really creeped me out the way he looked at me sometimes,' said Alex, "'and the way that he kept helping me with breakfast when I didn't want him to. "'I decided to look him up on the Internet just to see what I could find. "'And, oh yes, the way he stole my underwear.' "'What?' gasped Mara. "'He stole your underwear? "'How do you know? Did you see him steal them?' No, I didn't actually see him steal them, but three disappeared out of my drawer the second day he was here. They were just clean from the laundry, and nobody else would have taken them. I just knew it was him. You know, intuition. It's it's creepy. I arranged lunch with Jenny the next day. Because Mara was going to be downtown anyway, she came along. Jenny wasn't nearly as shocked as I thought she was going to be when we showed her the printout of the Free Press article. I knew there was something strange, he said. He was very evasive about what he actually did during his 25 years working for the government. He seemed strangely ignorant of world affairs or cultural events. Hmm, I guess it all makes sense now. I guess you don't get much of that in prison. Then he wanted me to put on these little girls' panties that he had with him. Well, that was really weird, the last straw. I sent him packing. As we talked, Jenny confided, You know, when I first arrived in Yukon, what, that's been more than 30 years now, then there were lots of men around. Some of them a bit rough, but still lots of them. And nobody cared who I went out with. Now it's really hard to find anybody interesting with a smattering of education. All the good guys are attached. Of course, I can't get too friendly with anybody who works for me. And I have a big division of generally fairly well-educated people. Even if I do find somebody potentially interesting, the fact that I'm an assistant deputy minister tends to scare them off. And then, even worse, if we get past that, everyone knows right away about the ADM's new boyfriend. It's bloody difficult being discreet or anonymous here in Whitehorse. Later that night, as Mara and I lay in bed, I mused about what had happened that week. You know, now that I think about it, it was kind of strange when Leo talked about mountains in Manitoba. He didn't mention Riding Mountain. It's not really a mountain either, but it's the best they have. There's a national park there. Or Duck Mountain, or Turtle Mountain. Those are parks too. But instead he said, Stony Mountain. That's the name of the federal prison. I don't know if there's even a hill at Stony Mountain. It must be awfully weird getting out of jail after 25 years. After 25 years of working for the government. Awfully lonely. I'm thinking more about Jenny, Mara said. People might say that she's really been a success. She's an ADM, after all. It's a fairy tale, just like Alec said. But Jenny is Rapunzel, locked up in her tower, and the handsome prince never comes by. Or like she's in jail, a jail without bars. She really can't do what she wants, either. It's awfully lonely for her, too. Well, Rapunzel, you're not an ADM, I said as I pulled her toward me. And I certainly don't want you getting lonely. We were soon too preoccupied to worry about Jenny or Leo anymore, and we lived happily ever after. This has been a Timmet podcast in a series called On the Marge. Instrumental intro and exit are courtesy of Kate Weeks. If you would like more of these podcasts, check out the podcast website at timmet.ca slash podcasts. That's T-I-M-M-I-T dot C-A slash podcasts.